Welcome to the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Eric Smith. I am joined, as always, by Drew DeLuca. This is the Week 6 Sit-Start Podcast, going through Drew's rankings compared to Fantasy Pro's expert consensus. Um, we are getting into the thick of things, so we've got some important decisions this week. As always, please go to the website, qblist.com. Check out our Sit-Start article. We've got our entire staff working on this. Uh, we're going to go through every single player in the article. Uh, we'll just touch on some of the, the tougher decisions this week. But um, yeah, Drew, I don't know. It's it's another Wednesday night, uh, another Phillies playoff victory. I, I think you could probably get used to this, huh? Yeah, I think we need to record a podcast every night until the World Series is over. Because every time <laughs> we sit down and do this, the Phillies win big. So uh, I'm, I'm here for this. Let's do. Let's keep doing this every every night. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's a good time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. And the Eagles being undefeated uh, for now. Uh, they have the Jets again this coming week, and then uh, then then the gauntlet begins. And then uh, I think the, that's when the that's when the real the rubber meets the road for real. There's some tough games starting with the Miami Dolphins, and so we'll see. But for now, this this town's all excited about the uh, not only the Eagles, of course, but also the Phillies are just they're just electric right now. The whole city is just just alive. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah, as a Cincinnati Reds fan, they gave me a little taste this year, and I'm, I'm a little jealous there's no playoffs, but maybe <laughs> next year. So at least I got the Bengals, who seem to have righted things. So a uh, couple decent-looking football teams between the two of us. So we should be in a, a good mood for the rest of the season. Uh, fingers crossed. So, All right. Well, as always, uh, please check out our What We Saw and Waiver Wire podcast coming out Monday nights. Uh, Callan Elslager, Mario Damo Jr., and Brian Hartman, they're doing great work over there. But um, let's just get into it. We're going to go through some news. Uh, Drew's uh, running backs, receivers, players he's higher on, lower on, uh, some streamers at the end. So lots to cover here. Um, We're going to start out with the big news, though. Justin Jefferson, probably the number one overall fantasy football player in just about every league you you can play in. Uh, Justin Jefferson is on the IR with a hamstring injury. So uh, obviously it's a bummer if you have him, Drew. Uh, What are your thoughts on the rest of this Vikings offense, though? Anyone from K.J. Osborne, Jordan Addison, even – uh, you know, Kirk Cousins' outlook the rest of the year. Like, what, what does this do to this team? Should we just be running and hiding from the Vikings? Well, yeah, I mean, for the short term anyway, for at least for next four weeks, Kirk Cousins is uh, somebody that's, I think, just kind of drops down the rankings to to uh, kind of to the point where, do I want to start Jared Goff over him? I think so. You know, kind of that's yeah. – he's now down to that low end, uh, you know, in that QB2 range. I don't – I think it's going to be harder for him to post QB1 numbers where he kind of likes to live in that low end QB1 range. So I think it definitely hurts Cousins, obviously. Um, Jordan Addison, I believe, was a limited participant in practice. So you would think that he'd be you know, ready to kind of step up and, and uh, take the crown as the alpha wide receiver. Uh, but I guess that opens up some opportunity for K.J. Osborne. So it's possible that he could be one of those little uh, sleepers that can, you can throw in your flex and potentially uh, due, due to some increased volume. Might be able to squeeze a few extra points out of him. But I really think that... Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I think, is going to be the real winner here is from a target perspective. I think they're going to lean on him a lot more heavily uh, going forward. He's He is that guy. He's a tremendous tight end, a tremendous talent at tight end, uh, and I can see him kind of being the focal point of that offense, at least until Jefferson Jefferson comes back into form. Yeah. Um, I mean, KJ Osborne has already been playing a ton of snaps, so he's already been on the field a lot. Um, obviously the targets could go up more with Jefferson yeah. out, but yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to see Jordan Addison. Honestly, I, I, I hopefully he's healthy. He's on the field full allotment of snaps because, uh, he's shown some flashes and uh, he could be due for a big breakout here. So, um, yeah, I, I wonder if they're going to feel the need to get this running game going a little bit with Jefferson out, but we'll see how this goes. I mean, they've been very pass heavy so far. So, um, I don't know. I, I do think it's worth getting pieces of this Vikings offense. Cousins is a professional, and th- this should be uh, at least a decent offense, even if it does take a hit without Jefferson. 
Yep. Okay. Let's get on to another injury. Uh, lots of IR moves this week. We've got Anthony Anthony Richardson, quarterback for the Colts. He has on IR with a shoulder injury, so at least four weeks, maybe even more than that. It sounds relatively serious. So um, just what do you think about this Colts offense as a whole um, with a, a Gardner Minshew, quite a different style quarterback under center here? Yeah, I think it actually helps the running backs a little bit. I think the Moss, as long as he continues to be in some kind of a timeshare with Taylor, I think he gets a little bit more run. Taylor, I think, um, which should get more utility in the passing game than he normally would with Richardson around. We all know that the data shows that you know running quarterbacks tend to not dump off as much. They tend to tuck and run. They're on their own. Uh, I think Minshew would be uh, is more likely to u- utilize Taylor in the passing game as dump and dump off situations, which is what we want in PPR. So I think I think that's for me the most obvious uptick. Uh, we'll see how what happens with the with the wide receivers. Um, it seems like Minshew just kind of has a guy back Jacksonville when he was had that one really nice year, whatever it was going with Minshew Manny with a mustache and everything else. It was DJ Chark. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Could maybe Pittman uh, gets a bump. We'll see. It's it's I think we kind of have to kind of hold judgment, withhold judgment for at least a week or two until we kind of see what kind of rapport he develops with the different wide receivers. So uh, and if there's a tight end that he potentially lacks on to, you never know. They just like to rotate tight ends uh, in Indianapolis like no one's business. So who knows? Maybe there's somebody he clicks with. Yeah, I've kind of sworn off the Colts tight ends, but um, I am interested in Josh Downs. He's had some nice games and uh, had some production with uh, Gardner Minshew. So definitely keep an eye on that. It's definitely it's going to be a different distribution with Minshew in there for a while. I'm a little worried they're going to run out of steam. Teams are going to figure him out a little bit, and there's just not the explosiveness with Minshew. But uh, yeah, they're running the ball well. So for now, just keep riding that running game for sure. Um, are you all systems go with Jonathan Taylor, even after kind of Zach Moss burn us last week? Like, uh, I guess we can get into more of that later, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure if he's in the running back section, but uh, if you want to hit on Jonathan Taylor now, feel free. Yeah, I think it's a situation where they're just kind of easing him in, and that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I know he was coming in uh, with, I guess he had an injury of some kind. I don't, I'm using air quotes a little bit there with the injury. <laughs> so I don't know how serious that injury was, but it's possible that he's just not really in game shape yet, And uh, whereas uh, Zach Moss is. So it could be a situation where it might be a week or two before we start seeing Jonathan Taylor uh, resembling the Jonathan Taylor of old that we know. So uh, that I think that's something we kind of have to keep in mind. Um, we, Jonathan Taylor in our brains is a you know high-end wide uh, running back one, but I think it might be a couple of weeks before we actually see him produce at that level. Yeah, Moss had 53 snaps last week. Taylor only 10, so it's it pretty dominant towards Moss. Uh, they are saying good things about Taylor this week, though. So you're uh, again, you're gonna have to read the coach speak on this one because yeah. uh, this is a, a valuable backfield. Yeah, and, they, and they're, they're giving him a ton of money. They gave a, good, a big pile yeah. of money for a running back. Which after they decided they weren't going to pay him, all of a sudden they decided to open up the checkbook. And, uh, you know, if you're not going to give a running back that kind of money and then not uh, use him extensively, it's just a matter of when they decide to actually turn the key on that on that engine and fire it up. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay, next up for the Denver Broncos, uh, running back Javante Williams with a quad injury, returned to practice, um, and he has been removed from the injury report. So uh, do we have a full-blown mess here now in Denver? We've got Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, who's really impressive, and then Samaj P. Ryan. We know they're gonna, the coaches are going to trust him. He's going to be around a little bit. So what do you think about this Broncos pass or running back group going forward? Uh, it, I, it's an avoid for me. I'm not interested. Uh, Javante in general, I think we were expecting a lot coming – uh, off of two torn ligaments uh, uh, to begin with. 
And then Samaji P. Ryan was a disappointment. We drafted Samaji P. Ryan thinking that he, from the jump, from week one on, would come and play a major role in this offense. And he's just been a total disappointment, except for last mm-hmm. week when he ended up having, what, 73 yards receiving out of nowhere. Um, but even so, it's just, I don't know if I can trust him. And then Jalila McLaughlin has definitely looked a lot more explosive in general, yep. especially in the run game. But I don't. I think with all three of these guys, I just there's not one guy on there that I'm saying I got. I that's a guy I can hitch my uh, my wagon to. He's a guy I can plug in my lineup and not have to worry about anything. None of these guys fit that bill, so I'm kind of avoiding all three of them. If I'm able to get anything of value for any of those guys right now, I'm going to try to do it. So um, I, I think some, P Ryan's probably going to have a role, a third down role, just because the coaching staff tends to t- trust him, I guess, in passing situations. But I don't. Yeah. I think. Javante caps his upside. McLaughlin's going to, I think he's earned touches going forward as well. He's going to rotate in. There's just, there's just nothing. I, I can't understand <laughs> why, why I want to pick and hey, put those guys in my life. It would have to be a really situation, really extent, uh, pretty yeah. terrible bye week situation for those guys to see the light of day in my lineup. Yep, totally agree. Uh, last week, Samaj P. Ryan, 38 snaps, Julio McLaughlin, 21. They used, P. Ryan, a lot of two-minute stuff and third-down stuff, so that's a big boost there. McLaughlin outperformed it, like you said. But, yeah, throwing Javante, I would expect both. Yeah, I think we're looking at a three-way split here, and that's uh, yeah. never good for fantasy purposes. So mm-hmm. uh, keep an eye on it. There's some value there. Good players in the, in the backfield. But, um, yeah, stay away from me as well. Okay, yeah. let's get to a, a backfield that's really up in the air here. That's uh, the Arizona Cardinals backfield, Keontae Ingram. Uh, they've uh, he returned to practice. He was limited. Uh, he's missed a few weeks. Uh, this is as James Conner hits the IR, so he'll be out for a while. Um, last week, Amari DiMarcado played 44 or 58 snaps against the Bengals, uh, but that was with Ingram inactive. So they're hoping to get Ingram back. He, again, he's limited in practice, though. So what's this DiMarcado-Ingram backfield look like to you? Uh, do we think this Dobbs magic can kind of keep up and sustain a running back here, or is this just an avoid? Yeah, I, I'm not really. Uh, I, I, I'm. <laughs> I think that I'm waiting for the for the Joshua Dobbs carriage to turn back into a pumpkin. Uh, that's. I'm, I think it's going to happen at some point. Uh, and I think James Conner being a horse back there has just kind of really helped. Uh, but mm-hmm. with him being out there, I don't know that Keontae Ingram and Amara DiMercato were the same kind of caliber player. So I, I don't know that we're we should we should expect too much. DiMercato did okay. I think he had what ten carries for what forty five yards or something like that. I think. Brought in one of three targets for 12 yards. So, I mean, he wasn't terrible. Um, but again, that's without Ingram, like you said. And Ingram is listed ahead of him on the depth chart. Uh, uh, just a matter of, is he going to be healthy enough to play? So, I, I don't know that either either of those guys is enough, uh, offers me enough where I'm going to get excited about, uh, about you know, put him in my lineup, except for in bi-week situations where I'm really kind of struggling to kind of field two solid running backs. So uh, against this week against the Rams, I don't, I don't know that, I'm not sure how much I love either of those guys in that situation, um, but uh, we'll see. Uh, it's If Ingram doesn't play, then I think DiMercato becomes, becomes more interesting just from the standpoint of he should get a tremendous amount of volume. So, But I think it's possible that if Ingram does play and he's limited at all in continuing to be practiced going forward, I know he's limited Wednesday. If it happens again Thursday, Friday, then it looks like a split that I really don't want a whole lot, a big part of because this, this Cardinals offense isn't really that exciting to me. 
Yep, and they could use Rondale Moore in the backfield a little bit. Uh, just just for frame of reference, though, you have DeMarcado at uh, 30 overall, running back 30. So you would start like Gus Edwards, Jerome Ford, uh, Zach Moss above him. I, I think that's a good range for him. I, I wouldn't read too much in the Keontae Ingram is the starter on the depth chart thing this week anyway. He's coming back from an injury. They could limit him. I, we'll see on that. I, I think he's a riskier right. play. But um, I, I do think DeMarcado, if you need him, uh, play him. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I wouldn't be expecting a ton here. Right. Okay. Next up in Cleveland, uh, Deshaun Watson is uh, missed last week with a shoulder injury, and he did not practice Wednesday, which was kind of a surprise coming out of their bye week, I believe. Um, he didn't meet with the media either, so I don't know what's going on here. Uh, strange situation in Cleveland, but I don't know. I'm getting bad feelings about this Cleveland offense, Drew. Their defense is awesome, but I, th- this offense mm-hmm. is worrying me. Yeah, first, first, uh, you know, the the heart and soul of that offense was Nick Chubb, and then when he he's out, and now we have Deshaun Watson licking his wounds, and Mari Cooper hasn't has been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, we expected Elijah Moore to ha- kind of have a resurgence. That hasn't happened. He's got the ton of ton of targets, but he hasn't done anything with him. So this whole offense in general is just uninspiring. But that defense is is, so, is, is no joke. They they're definitely they're keeping that that team in the hunt for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, this this offense is is one I can comfortably fade, fade until they start showing me something. Yep. Okay. Next up, Miles Sanders, running back for the Carolina Panthers, uh, did not practice with a shoulder injury. Uh, we will get into Chuba Hubbard a little bit later, but I, I don't know, Drew. It feels like the Miles Sanders season is off to a bit of a struggle. I'm, I'm not sure if uh, I have real high hopes for Sanders going forward rest of the season. Yeah, Sanders has been battling a groin injury for much of the season to, to this point, and then the shoulder injury on top of things. Just uh, it's just not it's not a good omen for for this coming week. So, uh, um, twenty four hours ago, uh, I was I, I was thinking maybe Chuba Hubbard might be a little overvalued on the waiver wire, uh, but now I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, maybe Chuba Hubbard might be something. I actually let cut him loose yesterday uh, in a uh, Chuba Hubbard uh, in a waiver claim. And now I'm wishing I'm having some remorse about that situation and that, that I wish I kind of held on to him. And uh, I think I added uh, uh, Kendra Miller instead, because I, I really like Kendra's upside, but uh, now yeah. it looks like Chuba is a situation where he could play uh, a lot more bigger role, a lot more, a lot bigger role sooner rather than later uh, as soon as this Sunday. So it definitely bears watching. We'll have to see what happens with Sanders on Thursday and Friday, but I, it would not surprise me at all if they either shut him down or severely limit his touches uh, and let Chuba Hubbard kind of take the load for a week or so. Yeah, it was pretty much 50-50 split last week between Hubbard and Sanders. So, yep, uh, Hubbard's definitely on the radar. He, I'm not super high on his talent, but he can catch some passes. He can uh, play some goal line snaps, so a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, if you need him, you can play him. Um, but I don't know. I think we're just kind of waiting for the quarterback to step up there in Carolina before anything yeah. gets too exciting in this offense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I hate to even have to bring this one up, but uh, Devon Achan, knee injury, he's the IR. Just like that. Like he was exploding, Drew. <laughs> now Achan yeah. is on the IR. And we got to do the whole Dolphins backfield talk again. So it's a bummer. Achan was a ton of fun, but um, we're moving on. Uh, what do you think about uh, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Salvan Ahmed, uh, this Dolphins backfield? Well, uh, I, it's wheels up for Mostert for me. Uh, yeah. as, as long as he's healthy and he's out there, they're gonna. I think they're going to lean pretty heavily on him. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. comes off of IR this week. Uh, I can see them kind of easing him in, just like the Colts did with Jonathan Taylor. Not that they're anywhere similar as far as players or stature <laughs> or, or anything like that, but I, uh, I, I was on a, a Twitter space uh, with uh, Chris Allen and uh, Brandon Lane last night, uh, and uh, Chris Allen 
made a great point uh, about Wilson kind of being eased in. And uh, I agree with that, with that take completely. Uh, I think we're expecting a little bit much in, in week six, if we're going to expect Wilson to come in and play a major role. So uh, stranger things have happened though. It wouldn't surprise me considering he's so good around the goal line for him to kind of fall into the end zone once, maybe even twice, and then kind of have up with a stat line bigger than we expected. Um, but I don't know that the volume is going to be there for him in week six for sure. So that's kind of where at least where, where I'm looking at it for the short term. A Salvin Ahmed, I think, is a, is a piece, a spare part, I think, for the most for the yeah. time being. He could potentially play a larger role in week six with Wilson potentially being on a little of a snap share. Um, and I think Mostert is a little, was a little banged up before, but it appears to be good to go. But wouldn't surprise me if Salvin Ahmed got a few extra touches, especially if it, the game ends up being a runaway. Um, it wouldn't surprise me for him, for me to see him getting some second half love, but yeah, for now, I think it's, I think it's Mostert's backfield. Uh, and I think that should continue for the foreseeable future with maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. Mixing a little bit more coming week eight, week nine. Yep. Totally agree with that. Okay. Let's get into the Bears backfield. Uh, Cleo Herbert um, is out with a high ankle, uh, did not practice on Wednesday. They have not put him on IR yet, so he is at least not out for uh, a minimum of four weeks. But looks like Cleo Herbert's going to be out for a while. Uh, we're actually going to talk about Roshan Johnson here pretty shortly in the running back section. But I dropped Cleo Herbert in my home league. There are just better options, and I just didn't want to wait around for him to get healthy. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on Herbert or if you're keeping him around, but th- these high ankle sprains are tough, especially when it's a running back that was already kind of in a committee. You know, it's just uh, I, I just decided to move on. But I understand if you want to stash Herbert. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the size of your bench um, and how, yeah. what your running back situation is. But yeah, I, I think that's a pretty solid move. If you have a a, a, you know, a prospect out there that you're liking more in long term, I think that's the right move. High ankle sprains are not the, not your friend, especially when you're a running back. Uh, and Roshan Johnson has been pretty electric in the in limited uh, touches uh, when he's been given opportunities, and he's a really good pass protector. Um, he's been pretty productive in the passing game as well. So I think he's going to offer plenty of fantasy utility. So uh, I, I'm, I support that. I support letting Herbert go if you have better options. Okay, let's get on to Drew's running back rankings. Uh, we're going to start out with players that he is higher on compared to Fantasy Pro's expert consensus. Uh, and we're just going to start right out with Roshan Johnson for the Bears. Obviously, this is a little bit uh, health dependent on Roshan Johnson, uh, but Drew has him ranked RB19 this week, home against the Vikings. ECR has him RB29. I'm sure that will rise if he is healthy. Uh, but tell me your thoughts on Roshan Johnson and this Bears backfield uh, this week specifically. Yeah, this is assuming that he clears concussion protocol. Uh, so he, the injury that he sustained was on a Thursday night game, which buys him uh, basically another half week to p- pass con- concussion protocol, where if it was a straight Sunday to Sunday thing, I think his his status would be very much be in doubt. So uh, it is. I'm a little bit concerned just because it's Wednesday and he was a non-participant today, so he's not quite there yet. But if news breaks tomorrow or, or even Friday that he's good to go and clears it, then he will be the lead back. Um, and uh, he should, he has proven, like I said, to be a useful asset in that passing game. Uh, and I think it's going to be a situation where this is going to be a little bit more of a dogfight than we had imagined before with no Justin Jefferson in there. Um, and the, and the, the, the Bears playing better. Um, Justin Fields playing better football right now. So I think this might actually be a closer game than, than most of us think. And it, but I think no matter the game script, I think if Roshan's in there, he's going to be a big part of the game plan. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He's the higher upside play. I would say uh, Deontay Foreman, I do think he's worth an ad. I think he's worth a spot mm-hmm. on your roster because we know if 
Roshan can't play. Like we know that Foreman can handle a big workload. So I, he doesn't have yeah. the upside that Roshan Johnson has, but I do think if you need to play um, Foreman and, and things break a certain way, he could be a good start this week too. So Vikings defense actually has not been bad against the running backs. Um, they got gashed by DeAndre Swift and the Eagles. Yeah. Um, it hasn't yeah. quite, that's kind of been it for the year, but I, some of these running games I'm looking at here, Drew, they played Tampa Bay, the Chargers, Carolina, Kansas City. Not exactly uh, big-time running games. So I, I think the Vikings defense can be had here. So uh, I, I like kind of both of these running backs, honestly, depending on the health shakes out. I agree. And I think Foreman's a nice little lad. So he had he had over 900 uh, total yards last year in Carolina after, after they let go, uh, Christian McCaffrey go. So he stepped up in a big way last year. So he can play. He's a, he's a very solid NFL running back. So if he gets the opportunities, uh, you know, he's he's not going to be just a bump on a log. So he'll he'll offer some utility for sure. Yeah. OK, let's get on to kind of more injury news here. Um, we're going to talk about Saquon Barkley. Um, Drew, for now, is optimistic on him, has him RB25. Uh, ECR has him RB30. Uh, Saquon was limited in Wednesday's practice with his ankle injury he's coming off of. So let's just kind of uh, check on the temperature here for the Giants backfield. What do you think about Saquon and potentially his first game back? I, and I could be wrong, and correct me if I am wrong, but I, I believe it was around this time last week or two that they just flat out ruled him out. Um, so yeah. the fact that he's practicing in any capacity here on Wednesday, I think, is a good sign. So uh, I'm going to assume he's going to play until I hear otherwise. Uh, if that And that ranking of 25 could go up or down, depending on the reports that we get closer to game day. So if it's a situation where he's expected to play, but they're going to limit his touches, then I'm going to come back down to where consensus is and around ECR 30, uh, you know, ranking in the 30s. Uh, but if he's cleared without the uh, ends of uh, by Thursday or Friday, uh, being a full participant and being taken off the injury report, then I think 25 might be too low. Yeah, I, I will say this is a uh, very banged up Giants offense. Uh, Daniel Jones, I believe, sat out practice today. He's got a neck yeah. injury. Um, Darren Waller is uh, dealing with some stuff. Uh, their offensive line has really been struggling, and they're on the road in Buffalo. So it is a tough matchup. I will say the Bills have given up the 10th most points to fantasy running backs. Um, ETN got them pretty good. A-Chain got them for a nice gain. Uh, you know, even Brian Robinson had 70 yards on them. So maybe not quite the Bills defense on, in, on the ground that we're used to, but uh, it, it's a tough matchup. So I, if you have better options, I don't mind sitting Saquon, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the practice reports look like towards the end of the week. Right. Okay. Um, I've been wanting to talk about Ty J Spears for a few weeks now, and I don't know if it's quite time to put him in our lineups, but I noticed that you were higher on him this week. You've got him RB31. Uh, consensus has him at RB36, but he's been getting a lot of work for the Titans. Um, Derrick Henry has had a few games here or there, but Ty J Spears really looks like he has something here. So just kind of want to check in. What are your thoughts on Ty J Spears, whether it's standalone value or handcuff? Um, just thoughts on, on him as a player. Well, I actually did plug him in my lineup this past week in one league. I put him in my, as my RB2 because I was hurting due to injuries in a bye week uh, situation, yeah. and he, he, he panned out quite well for me. So he's playing a ton of snaps, about as many as Derrick Henry, like you said. He's been effective and efficient, um, arguably as much, if not more, than Derrick Henry himself. And uh, he's been faring well in the passing game. He Only about 25 or 26% owned, I think, going into yesterday's waiver run. So I think people are sleeping on him a little bit in a possession that the position is not really that deep. So I know Baltimore is not an easy matchup, um, but if he's getting the usage and utility in that offense, I think, uh, you know, especially if he's continuing to be a factor in the passing game, then he's somebody that I want to add. He's somebody that you could even plug in as a, as an emergency starter or, or, or a flex. So we'll, 
but uh, he's definitely in the upside too. I, I think uh, anything happens with Henry. He's what age 29 season now coming yeah. off of a 350 plus touch season. He's uh, clearly not looking himself. Um, if you end up, they end up shutting him down for whatever, for some kind of nagging injury or something, then I think Spears just his, you, his uh, value just goes to the roof at that point. Yep, I've got him on the end of uh, my bench, my home league. I keep kind of cutting them and then sneaking them back on when I can. I yeah. I think I'm going to keep hanging on to him though. I, I'm really intrigued by the four or five targets a game he's getting. He hasn't really turned it into much until last week. He had 35 yards receiving. It was pretty poor pro- production before that, but they clearly like him. They've been giving him snaps since day one, and they're throwing him the ball. So I, I he's a little bit big play dependent right now, I think, but he does have that ability. So. Yeah, I, if this offense can get on track at all, I think he's a pretty good play down the stretch of this season. So we'll see. But I, it feels like one of those rookies that could gain some momentum in the second half, and you're going to be happy. They, maybe you sat on for a few weeks. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed with Spears, but I like what I've seen so far. Yep, for sure. All right. Let's get into running backs. Drew is lower on this week. Um, ECR has Jaleel McLaughlin at RB27. Drew is down at RB33. We talked about the Broncos' backfield a little bit up in the injury section, but um, what do you think about Jaleel this week? I know there's a lot of people that picked him up, played him last week, were happy with what they saw. Uh, maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit here, though. Yeah, I I would think I was a little bit ahead of ECR here with the Javante Williams news that came out today. We mentioned at the top of the show, he's a full yeah. participant in practice and he's been removed from the injury report. So I think that takes a lot of the steam, I think, out of Jaleel McLaughlin as a play, as we mentioned. So now he's yeah. in a timeshare. Same with Samaji Piran as well. ECR has him at 33. I have him down at 43. So um, he's been, like I said, a disappointment all year long. So um, I don't see enough, I think, there for me to say put P. Ryan as a top 36 running back, meaning he's a guy that's flexible to me. I'm sitting P. Ryan, uh, I guess, even against the Chiefs where he could have a, um, some utility in the passing game. So, I mean, you could do worse, I guess, uh, but it's just not an ex- he's just not an exciting player and it's not in a situation that really just, you know, screams, oh, God, I have, I have to have either one of those guys in my lineup right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Kansas City has given up the six fewest points to fantasy running backs. Uh, I mean, David Montgomery week one was only 21 for 74. They've played, you know, ETN and uh, Brees Hall. They've played some decent running backs. So um, yeah. not, a, not a joke of a defense here. So I agree. I would be avoiding McLaughlin for sure. Um, same with Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, I think we could probably just cut Samaj P. Ryan at this point, honestly. Yep. So um, that's, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'd still hold Javante Williams for some upside and McLaughlin for some upside, but uh, I'd rather not start them if I can help it. So, um, okay. So we did talk about Miles Sanders, a um, little bit of an injury up top. We talked about, um, we're going to talk about Chuba Hubbard here though, uh, as the Panthers play the Dolphins on the road. Um, ECR has Chuba Hubbard at RB 37. Uh, you have him RB 44. Um, does this change a little bit if with the Miles Sanders injury news, or is this just a bad matchup where they're going to be playing from behind all game? No, um, I think it, I think it's both. I don't think it's a great matchup uh, from a running perspective, but he is getting some utility in the passing game. And if that takes, it gets an uptick at all, then I think his, his fantasy value could, could significantly rise. So Sanders being a non-participant today, um, I, I, with that news, I think I'm definitely probably too low on Hubbard at running back 44. He's going to be going up in my rankings. Miles Sanders is going to be going down. Not that he was all that high to begin with. Um, but with Sanders already battling that groin injury and now having a, a shoulder into the mix, I just I, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Chuba Hubbard's going to play a decent role 
uh, this week. And like we said before, uh, he has some utility in the passing game, potential, potential utility in the passing game uh, if they go down, uh, especially if um, if Bryce Young decides to kind of dump, dump off to him a little bit, um, you know, when in trouble. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Huber, Hubbard's a guy that I definitely um, – Definitely have eyes on uh, as a guy that he's probably sitting out there now. So he he might not have been a target for most people in the waivers. For some people he was, but it's there's there's a good likelihood he's available in at least some of your leagues. So he's a guy that I might be trying to snatch up now before uh, waiting to see what happens with Miles Sanders uh, down the road. So if Sanders ends up being a non-participant Thursday and Friday, all of a sudden Chuba Hubbard is going to be a lead back in a situation where he could be seeing you know upwards of five, six, seven targets. Uh, so offering some significant garbage practice, garbage time. So we always want to be ahead in this, in this fantasy football game instead of, ch- instead of, you know, chasing trends. And, uh, this is a situation where I think you can kind of get ahead a little bit and, and add him now in anticipation of him playing a larger role. Yep. I will say Miami, uh, 15th in allowing fantasy points to opposing running backs. But if you remember way back to week one, uh, the Chargers ran a ton on them. And so that's most of this production. They've done a pretty good job against Ramondre Stevenson, Javante Williams, James Cook. So uh, Dolphins have not been the best matchup in the world. A lot of it's just because they get out to these leads. So we'll see. But yeah, there certainly could be some uh, volume there for Hubbard. I would not be surprised to see that. Okay. Let's get on to Tyler Algier, running back for the Falcons, the other running back for the Falcons, uh, home against Washington this week. Uh, ECR has him RB31. You have him RB40. Uh, He's a tempting guy to start because the Falcons run the ball so much and you figure there's some touchdown chances. And I don't know about you, but Washington on that Thursday night game last week looked awful. Their defense was terrible. So I'm intrigued to like start Algier here, but I understand being a little low on Algier. So what are your thoughts um, on him this week against Washington? Yeah, I think as the season progresses, we're going to see him play less of a role and Bijan taking on a larger role. I don't think he's going to be completely phased out. I think he's going to have, you know, at least some kind of a role, uh, but I don't think he's going to see the kind of uber positive game script that's going to be necessary for him to really be the kind of fantasy factor where I can start him with confidence. So like you said, I think he's kind of a touchdown dependent play, uh, you know, in that limited volume. Is is he going to be able to get the ball in and around the end, the red zone? Um, I, I don't know. So I. I think that I think it's going to be kind of a neutral game script this week against Washington. I know the Washington's defense looked terrible this past week, um, but we'll see. I, I I think I think Washington's defense is not quite as horrific as as they looked this past week, and I think that I think that Desmond Ritter is a, is nowhere near as as amazing as he looked, <laughs> at least in the stat sheet this past week either. So I think we're going to kind of come back to center a little bit on both fronts, and it'll be a fair, I think a fairly even game. I think Bijan's going to play, uh, they'll, they'll get the lion's share of the car, uh, ter- carries and touches. Uh, and I think Algier's going to have to fight scratch and claw for fantasy relevance. Man, I, I just cannot get out of my mind those two plays from the Washington defense against the Bears where both of them were about third and 11 and the Bears ran the same draw play on them. And essentially Washington was just dropping their tackles like back as linebackers. It was the easiest 11-yard rush for a first down I've ever seen. And they did it twice. So I, I think I just have that burned into my memory. But um, I doubt that they approach the Falcons offense that way. I would hope not. So yeah, it's almost um, like Ron Rivera just kind of wants to be fired. I don't understand what's going on there. I don't know what's happening with that, but uh, so he's a defensive guy and then the defense just laid an absolute egg. So, 
Yeah, Eric Bieniemy does need a coaching shot, so maybe he's just yeah. uh, you know gone out of his way for him there. Yeah, so. Nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get on to wide receivers here. Um, let's start with some receivers that Drew was higher on. Uh, and speaking of the Bears, uh, DJ Moore is back. Um, he actually was kind of sneakily back before last week's blow up. Uh, Drew has him uh, wide receiver seven, ECR still at wide receiver eleven, but. Drew, DJ Moore is officially a wide receiver one. I'm kind of excited about that. He's, he's been a fun player for years, and it's nice to see this finally pay off for us. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields is by far the best quarterback he's ever worked with, uh, and Justin Fields is now just starting to figure himself out. So uh, now that he's now that Justin Fields is kind of heading in the right direction, I think that's just wheels up for DJ Moore. I think I think from here on out that we're we've been too a little bit too low on him, understandably so. While while uh, Fields kind of figures himself out, but now that he's got that down, I think I think DJ Moore is a guy we can start with confidence every single week without worry. So he's going to get volume. Uh, he's electric with the football. He's he's a playmaker. Um, so you know, he's he's going to remind everyone why the Bears went out and traded for him. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they started slow last year. They're starting to get things rolling, too. So yeah. um, I think Fields, he maybe leads the league in touchdown. I don't know. He's way up there in touchdown passes, which is crazy. So it's turned around very quickly for Justin Fields. So, yeah. Um, yeah. okay. <laughs> Let's get on to Calvin Ridley. Um, he is uh, playing the Indianapolis Colts this week. Drew has him wide receiver eight. ECR has him down at wide receiver 15. A little bit up and down for Ridley at times, but I'm surprised people aren't higher on Ridley as well. So uh, I'm on board with this. Uh, sell everyone else on Calvin Ridley here. Yeah, I mean, he really is an alpha. He's a heck of a player. I mean, Jamar Chase had a few bad games and no one really panicked. Yeah. I mean, there was some mumblings about it. I'm not saying that that uh, Ridley's Jamar Chase or anything, but he's damn good and he deserves a lot more respect than he's been getting. So he's, I think that the Jacksonville offense has nowhere to go but up as well. Um, and as they start to, as Trevor Lawrence starts to figure things out, uh, just like we just talked about with Justin Fields, uh, Ridley's going to be the main beneficiary. So uh, Zay Jones, I think, is not quite ready yet as well, which is going to mean more targets for Ridley uh, in addition to uh, the fact that Christian Kirk is getting some of those inter- other other kind of shorter meter intermediate targets, but really can t- really can get it done downfield. He can get it done in the short immediate. He's, he's going to see a ton of targets. He's going to get eight, 10, eight, 10, 12 targets. And, uh, and he's that kind of caliber player where he's going to make the most of the value, that volume, especially, uh, Indianapolis is not really scaring me, uh, as much as they might some people. So I think we're at least primed to have, uh, a, a wide, another wide receiver, one top 10 uh, game, uh, wouldn't surprise me if he ends up top five this week, but I'm, I feel like I'm being pretty conservative actually at eight, even though ECR is, has him way down at 15. Jaguars actually already played the Colts this year, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Ridley went eight for 11, uh, 101 yards and a touchdown against them. I, I feel like maybe some of the negative, not out of negativity is the right word, but some of the people are down on Ridley. They see the schedule maybe, and we're a little unimpressed, but uh, Kansas City's defense, Houston's defense, and Atlanta's defense, all three of them are actually a little better than we thought going into this year. Those are solid units. So um, I, he's had good games against Indianapolis and Buffalo, and I would expect it to continue. So, yeah, I just I think you just got to trust the talent here with Ridley and with, with Lawrence. And I, I would I think he's still a buy low. I don't know if it's buying low right now, but um, I would still go out and get Ridley personally. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Find somebody who wants to sell high, quote unquote, and, and take yeah. advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Uh, next up is Zay Flowers, Baltimore Ravens rookie wide receiver um, on the road against Tennessee this week. Uh, Drew has him wide receiver 21, consensus at 25. Uh, I'm still high on Flowers. It's been an ugly week for the, the uh, Baltimore passing game, but um, tell us why you're going to keep penciling in Flowers as wide receiver two this week. 
Yeah, I mean, he's still the alpha wide receiver in that passing offense. And OBJ and Bateman have been total non-factors, even when healthy. Uh, and he really only has to contend with Mark Andrews. And he's playing no more than 38% in any one spot on the field. So they're moving him around to create mismatches and opportunities for him to shine. So, and Tennessee can be had through the air. So they're very staunch yeah. on the ground. They're a very good run defense, but they're, they're definitely uh, mortals uh, when, when it comes to defend the pass. So I think it's setting up well for Flowers. I think it sets up well for Lamar Jackson uh, to, have, to have a nice game. Uh, and I think Flowers and Andrews could both go off. It wouldn't surprise me if both yep. of them had 100 yards. Uh, in, in this in this matchup here against the Tennessee Titans, so I think uh, I think it's comfortable. I think I'm comfortable starting Flowers as a wide receiver too, uh, mm-hmm. without without reservation, without hesitation. Yep, I think he's another one you could try to go out and buy. He just hasn't had that blow up game yet, but the volume is consistent. Um, and he played the by far the most snaps at receiver last week. Uh, ran the most routes on the team. Had just as many targets as Mark Andrews at ten. So he I, the rest of that. Uh, receiving core is injured and dropping the ball. And yeah, I would be uh, very excited to have Zay Flowers go trade for him if you need a, maybe a, a, a spark in your receiving core. So yeah, he's got, he's got juice too. I mean, he's, he's a talent. He's talented. He's raising, and that's the thing too. You mentioned we haven't, hasn't, hadn't had the breakout game yet. I think it's coming. And I, I yeah. think, uh, I think a lot of people that, uh, I'm not saying he's going to be like the George Pickens kind of highlight kind of stuff, but uh, I think a lot of people that were, are kind of hyping, uh, George Pickens, I think, and we need to save some of that love for Zay Flowers too. I think he's uh, he has the potential to be special in this league. Yep, I agree. Okay, mm-hmm. next up, I'm actually uh, I was happy to see this one pop up. Uh, Jacoby Myers, you've got him at wide receiver 28. ECR has him at uh, wide receiver 32. First of all, plays New England this week, so revenge game. That's always exciting. <laughs> yep. um, but I've been really impressed with Jacoby Myers this year. I've always liked him when he was on. Uh, the Patriots. I always thought he was a pretty good player, but I think he looks pretty good out there on the the Raiders. It's as bad as Jimmy G looked last week. It, that's a bit of a downer, but I think Myers himself, he looks like a versatile receiver and they're going to him a ton. Yeah. He's basically been the wide receiver one a when healthy this season. Uh, Monday night was no exception. So he had a, he was the leading receiver for the, for the Raiders in that one. And they walked away with a win. And it just seems like whenever they need a, a key third down, he's there. He's um, whether it's across the field, whether it's, you know, making those toe, uh, toe tap sideline catches. Uh, he just does it all. He's just a good c- complete wide receiver. And I think he's one of the more underrated, underrated wide receivers in the game. So I think, uh, I think 28 is fair for Jacoby Myers this week. Um, that new England, new England defense is a shell of what it was. There's just between Matthew Judon and uh, Gonzalez. There's there's some huge losses, and they just got lit up at home by the New Orleans Saints this past weekend. So that defense is just is not what it was at the start of the season. So um, I think 28 might even be too low for Jacoby Myers. Yep, he's been solid. He missed one game, so he's played four, but he's had 10 targets or more in three of them. He's got three touchdowns on the year. So, yep, uh, I like playing him. Um, Patriots are in a free-for-all, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. turns out you need an offense to help support your defense, I think, to take some pressure <laughs> off. So I, I have a feeling that's also contributing to this. So, Okay, let's get to some receivers that Drew is lower on. Um, staying with the Raiders, uh, Devontae Adams up first. Drew, you have him at wide receiver nine, still high. Uh, ECR, though, has him at wide receiver five. Uh, is it mainly just uh, kind of what you just said about Jacoby Myers taken away from Devontae Adams? Partly that, and also Adams is kind of, I think, dealing with some nagging injury stuff. Yeah. And it just, I don't know how much, uh, 
you know, he was a bit of a disappointment. That wasn't the first time this year. So I'm, I'm not sure that he's the he's the player right now that we want him to be in that offense while Jimmy G continues to struggle. Jimmy G is what leading the league in interceptions, I think, isn't he? So he's he's having a rough year. So uh, and I think that just directly affects a guy like Devontae Adams. So and as long as Myer, Myers is continuing to play a role, like you said, I think that does affect Adams is ceiling to a point. So I still like Adams. I'm still com- starting him every week, but I think we need to pump the brake on him, pump the brakes on him as one of those upper echelon, super elite wide receivers that we, that we can, we, we can't really mention him in the same breath anymore with Jamar Chase and a healthy Justin Jefferson. He's just, he's not there right now. Yeah. I mean, I will say the previous two weeks before last week, he had a 20 target game and a 13 target game. Uh, last week, only four though. He was playing through the injury. It almost felt like he was a decoy for part of it, but I, I mean, he was out there for every snap. Uh, it just worries me. That offense looked terrible. They were playing super conservative. Garoppolo looked bad. They didn't even look like they wanted to pass the ball. It's different with Myers because you didn't spend us you know whatever a second round pick on him so you can kind of just take his his 80 yards and be happy with it but I'm a little worried about Adams if I drafted him in the second rounds so I this could be a chance to sell sell maybe wait for another good game I mean I don't know it's it's tough he's he's a hall of famer and probably he's gonna end up being a top eight receiver by the end of the year but I wouldn't be surprised if this offense falls apart it just there were some troubling signs there on Monday night and it, it has me worried yep okay Sorry for all the Raiders, uh, downer talk Raiders <laughs> fans. Uh, I don't know what else to say. That game was yeah. painful to watch. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's move on from that one. Okay, uh, more exciting offense here. Brandon Ayuk and the San Francisco 49ers. Drew, wide receiver 14, ECR, wide receiver 10. Uh, tough matchup in Cleveland. Is that is that most of it here, Drew? Yeah, I mean, the matchup is hard, is tough. I mean, we're also talking about a situation with with that on offense where we don't know from week to week whether it's going to be George Kittle having a day like he did last week, whether it's going to be Ayuk showing out like he's done a couple times this week. Uh, D- uh, Debo Samuel's still there. I think we have to, you know, we can't forget that he's there. He's a pretty talented player. Uh, and, of course, there's Christian McCaffrey in the back row. There's just a lot. And I, I, we always hate the term uh, too many mouths to feed in an offense. Um, but in a situation where it's going to be, a, I think, a slobber knocker between the, these defenses with, with the 49ers and the Browns. Uh, and on, to, on top of that, if we have a situation with Deshaun Watson where he's not able to, to play, uh, then we're looking at a situation where we may have an extremely positive game script for San Francisco where they're not going to need to lean on the passing game much. So I just think 10 is a little rich this week for Brandon Ayuk. As much as I like him as a player, um, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking he's probably more in that 15 range, uh, maybe even close, close to the late teens, depending on uh, what that game script shakes out to. Yep. Okay. Definitely huge upside, though. Anyone in San Francisco, huge upside. That's just kind of a yep. consistency thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's get to Chris Alave. He's been a little bit disappointing this year. I think he's got a nagging injury, too. Um, ECR has him up at wide receiver 14 still. You've got him wide receiver 18, uh, road game against the Texans. So uh, where are we at on Chris Alave at this point in the season? Well, you mentioned he has the nagging injury, so he's he, he's not quite himself just yet. And Houston's actually got a pretty solid secondary uh, and they're getting healthier, um, so I think it's, I think it's I think 18 is fair. You're still starting Chris Chris Lave, uh as with a wide receiver 18 ranking. You're still looking at him as a wide receiver two, uh, but I, I think it is a mistake to expect that he's going to have uh, wide receiver one numbers this week. Is it possible? Sure, 
but I think his most likely range of outcomes is kind of that lower end, mid to low end wide receiver too, at least until he gets right physically. Once that happens, then the sky's the limit for him. But I just don't, I don't think he's there just yet. Yep. Houston's given up third fewest points to receivers, uh, fantasy points. So uh, they've done a pretty good job so far this year. I don't believe anyone's cracked 80 yards on them. So, um, so far, so good. They, they've really turned that defense around in short order. Yep. Yeah. To make, to make a Ryan's do that for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of wild that uh, San Francisco defense didn't miss a beat, but he also has revamped the Houston defense. So, yeah. so you know, I usually expect them to fall off or one way or the other, but nope, I think they were just all good. So uh, good move by the Texans there. Okay. And then let's wrap things up at receiver here with Amari Cooper. Uh, you are four spots lower. You've got him at wide receiver 26. So I suspect this could even go lower if Deshaun Watson uh, misses the game. This kind of popped up. Uh, I, I think everyone assumed that Watson was going to be back this week, and um, he missed practice on Wednesday. So more concerns with this Cleveland receiving game. Yeah, I mean, I was lower on Cooper even regard even before that. Uh, he just hasn't produced. He hasn't been that player that we want him to be. Um, he hasn't had a role in that Cleveland offense that's commensurate with what we what a lot of us expected, especially those who drafted him. So. Um, but even now, yeah, now with that Deshaun Watson potential news happening here, well, if that situation happens, so I'm dropping him down, uh, not probably not too much lower, but into the 30s most likely if if there's no Deshaun Watson. So I, I just I'm a little worried uh, about that for <laughs> about a backup quarterback coming in there against the Fort San Francisco 49ers and being able to stand in there and deliver the football to a guy like Amari Cooper. Yep, he had six targets um, without Watson against Baltimore, but one catch for 16 yards. So yeah, um, it could be <laughs> could be something like that. Okay, let's get on to the quarterback position here. Um, we're going to go through streaming options under 60% rostered. Uh, check out the website for Benjamin Howler's streamers article as well uh, for a little bit additional uh, insight on this. But uh, here's some of the options I came up with, Drew. We've got uh, on Thursday Night Football, Russell Wilson at Kansas City at 56%. Uh, Baker Mayfield, home against Detroit, 23% rostered. And Desmond Ritter, home against Washington, 7% rostered. Uh, Matthew Stafford and Geno Smith just barely missed the cutoff. Uh, I think they're pretty clearly head and shoulders above these options. But uh, if you're left with those three, what are you looking at here? Yeah, I think Stafford's available in probably close to 40% of leagues, which is a lot. So I really yeah. like that matchup against Arizona. And with you got you have Cooper Cup back now. I mean, and Puka Nakua played out, plays played lights out. Tutu Atwell's played well. So I think Stafford should be a, a lot higher owned than he is. And the fact that he just barely missed the cut is still enough yeah. of an endorsement for me to say go out and add him if you can. He's the number one of this list for me. Uh, I would say Wilson of of this list is probably two, but I don't, I'm also interested in Sam Howell uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. So um, Falcons have are not especially they're kind of a mid pass defense, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they run the ball so much that they they kind of it's a lower plays run situation, and I think that's part of the situ part of the. Uh, the deal there, but uh, Hal's been productive. He has more passing yards this year so far than than Patrick Mahomes. So he's got uh, he's got we we have uh, Terry McLaurin rounding back into form. We've, Jahan Dotson hasn't even gotten going yet, but Curtis Samuel has, and he's been productive. Uh, Logan Thomas has been productive across the middle as a tight as a tight end. He's got a, a favorable matchup. We can talk about him a little bit later, but I think Hal's got enough there where where uh, I'm interested. Uh, as in him as a streaming option. So uh, perhaps probably more than just about anybody else in this list. Yeah. 
I will say Russell Wilson, I, I wouldn't want to watch the game, but uh, he does have a game with seven carries, six carries, and four carries this year. So he's been running around a little bit. Uh, that defense is so bad, he's got to chuck it. It's kind of like Daniel Jones. You know, you don't want to actually watch him play, but uh, by the end, he probably gets you 20 points, and it's not too terrible for your fantasy lineup. Yeah, I think he's going to have a good garbage time, uh, good garbage yeah. time week, so for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's settling into that stage of his career, I think. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get on to some tight end streamers here. Again, under 60% rostered. Uh, Zach Ertz uh, had a little bit of a bounce back with a touchdown last week, although it didn't do much other than that. Uh, he's 49% rostered against the Rams. Logan Thomas had a huge week. He's still only at 40% um, at Atlanta. David Njoku against San Francisco, 58%. That, again, goes down a little bit if uh, Deshaun Watson's not playing. And then Dalton Schultz has had a little bit of an uptick lately, home against New Orleans, 43% rostered. If you want to go deeper, Hunter Henry's out there, Johnny Smith, Gerald Everett maybe. Um, what are you thinking about streaming tight ends this week? Well, yeah, my number one ad is Logan Thomas, and it might feel like we're chasing points here, but and and on let's be fair, Logan Thomas can't play the Bears every week, but Atlanta is fourth, <laughs> I believe, in points allowed to uh, running backs as far as the fourth most friendly uh, team to allowing points to to opposing tight ends, uh, and they just let Dalton Schultz have the best game of the of his of the season, and and Schultz was a was a, a non factor completely up until that point, so I think Thomas uh, is a guy that. Uh, probably should be more widely owned than he is. And I think he's a great streaming start this week. Um, Ertz obviously is from, from a streaming perspective is probably as, as much of a sure thing as you can get from a volume perspective. We don't, I don't believe in Joshua Dobbs per se, uh, but he's, if you're going to get close to 10 targets a day, uh, a game at a position that's hard to find uh, production. in, I, th- I think you can do a lot worse than Zach Ertz. Uh, you mentioned Everett. I think, Against that Dallas defense, it's possible that you know it's the, probably not the the dreamiest matchup for him, um, but it's it's quite possible that with Mike Evans being gone, uh, that we that Gerald Everett becomes the person we want Joshua Palmer to be from a from a production standpoint. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So he's interesting to me. Uh, and one guy I'll say that's not on this list would be uh, Tyler Conklin, who plays the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. And I will tell you yeah. firsthand from watching the Eagles, they are atrocious <laughs> against tight ends. Uh, and yeah. Conklin quietly had a pretty solid season last year as from a, you know, he had like close to 60 catches or something like that last year. Um, so I can see him uh, and Zach Wilson kind of getting along a little bit in this one. And uh, I can see uh, Wilson kind of dumping off to Conklin across the middle quite a bit. It wouldn't surprise me if Conklin had seven, eight, nine targets in this one. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I like Logan Thomas um, played, Third most snaps on Thursday night. Uh, third most routes run behind McLaurin and Dotson. Had 11 targets. It's funny. You see everyone on Twitter yelling at the enemy for not drawing up plays to McLaurin and Dotson. I don't know what they were watching, Drew. I, I think that was Sam Howell checking the ball down to Logan Thomas. I don't think they were drawing up plays to Thomas. It's just yeah. sometimes it's the quarterback deciding where the ball goes. So I don't know. That was just a side rant there. But I, I think Howell likes checking the ball down, especially when they're playing from behind like they were on Thursday. Yep. One other tight end of, uh, I want to, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, and that is just because he's on, he's on a buy, he's somebody I want to stash in deeper leagues. That's Luke Musgrave. He's getting yep. tons of, tons of volume. So we're all over Sam Laporta. And I think Luke Musgrave is a, a, a missed opportunity here and there away from being in that same conversation. Uh, I still remember that vividly watching the Packers and, and uh, Saints game where Jordan Love just missed him across the middle for what would have been probably yep. a 60 yard touchdown. Um, he catches that and all of a sudden he's, you know, probably a top 10 tight end on the season. So he's pretty close, I think, to being, you know, a a real difference maker at the position. 
Yep, he had six catches last week, and there's reason to think. I mean, this Packers offense looks terrible right now, but there's reason to think it's going to get better. It's it's a young team, so uh, he's producing some, and and the offense kind of can only go up at this point. So, yeah, I agree with Busgrave. Okay. Let's get to our defensive streaming options under 60% rostered. Uh, not a lot of great options this week, Drew. I hope everyone already got their defenses. Uh, Atlanta home against Washington. Uh, Raiders home against the Patriots. Uh, Raiders home against, or I'm sorry, Rams home against the Cardinals. And Vikings at Chicago. So uh, any streaming options I missed, or do you have a favorite out of those four? Um, I liked the, I like Minnesota at Chicago. I also like the Rams at the Cardinals or home against the Cardinals, I should say. Uh, I think those are those are two that I like. Um, Vegas and New England, I'm, I'm okay. I'm interested in that one as well. New England's offense has been atrocious, uh, and the Raiders have, uh, uh, have you know, with Max Crosby there, you're going to get some sacks. So especially the way, <laughs> the way Mac Jones and that offense looks. And but there's been a couple of uh, Bailey Zappi sightings already this year, and that's never a good thing. So uh, I, not that, that that's not a knock on Bailey Zappi, it's just more of an indictment on the offense in general. So um, yeah. um, my brother actually sent me a, a, a meme uh, right before we went on to record this as a picture of, he said, this is Bill Belichick without Tom Brady was a picture of Jeff Fisher. So that's <laughs> <laughs> probably a little harsh, but, uh, but right. That's, that's just kind of a statement of where we are with the New England Patriots right now. And Ryan Heath, if you're listening, I'm really sorry, man. So, uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, yeah. Falcons. It's- yeah. Falcon. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's a po- it's been a popular podcast topic this week to ask if uh, Bill Belichick is on his way out in New England. So we've reached yeah. that stage. I, I will say they did just play a couple pretty good defenses. I mean, they just came off playing New Orleans and Dallas. They've also played the Jets, uh, Eagles, Dolphins. Like, it's it's been a tough run for the, the, the Patriots. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. We'll see if the Raiders can do the same. But, um, hey, there's, there's blood in the water. It's probably not a bad idea to give it a shot. Yeah, well, I mean, Jordan Love has—he's been kind of Jekyll and Hyde this year, but they shut him down. Uh, so, but he's—he yeah. was starting to flash a little bit, and the fact that he couldn't get anything done against the Raiders is probably not a good omen for Mac Jones. So, uh, but we'll see. Atlanta and the and Washington's interesting to me to some extent, but I'm really more interested in Jacksonville, sixteen percent against Indianapolis. So, um, okay. I know it's a revenge game for Gardner Minshew. We like that. We love talking about revenge games. Uh, but yeah. Jacksonville's defense, have, they've got some players in that defense. They can get after it a little bit. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me if they were able to force Minshew into some mistakes. Uh, and uh, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if we either pick six or a strip sack and fumble re- return for a touchdown. So I, I think there's there's some there's some reasons to be excited about that, Jacks, that matchup there as well. All right. Sounds great. Well, that's all I have today. Um, I appreciate everyone listening as always. Drew, I'll throw back to you. Any last thoughts? Anything we missed? Uh, anything you're working on uh, as we enter? I know we're almost like halfway through the regular season of uh, fantasy football, it feels like. So uh, we're getting there. We're, we're moving right along. Yeah, I did mention before um, I had Kendra Miller was the person that I was looking to add this week. We talked about kind of being a little bit of a head of, of things. So Kendra Miller is a running back two in New Orleans. 
He had 90 yards last week, uh, and he plays the Houston Texans this week, which is a run funnel. So if he does get a little bit of extra uh, uh, run, it wouldn't surprise me for to see him kind of sneak in there with a kind of week like we saw from Ty J Spears last week. So and, yeah. he, and he's a guy, too, who's got tons of talent. Um, the situation breaks his way. Uh, I can see him kind of carving out a pretty big role for himself going forward. We talk about Spears being one of those kind of high end, one of those players who has the ability as rookies to kind of uh, really kind of play their way into something. And I think Miller deserves to be in that conversation as well. So keep him, keep an eye on him. He was 12% owned going into the waiver run. So he's probably available in, in a lot of your leagues. Yep. He's available in my home league and it's a, it's a pretty deep league. So um, yeah, it's, we're getting to that point of the year where you kind of run out of room for some of these stashes and you gotta, yeah. you gotta yeah. you pick your horse and, and choose yeah. one. So it's always difficult, but Miller's definitely uh, at the top of the list there. All right. Well, let's uh, everyone have a great week. Thanks for joining us again. Look, be on the lookout for the sit start article, which will be coming out uh, on Reddit and of course on X and, uh, and of course, uh, thanks as always for listening.